Welcome to the Menlo Midweek Podcast, where we are getting some extra time with the speaker from last Sunday's message to go a little deeper, get some extra thoughts about the message, and get a behind-the-scenes look at their teaching process. We're your hosts, Mark and Jess. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Menlo Midweek. Well, welcome to the Menlo Midweek Podcast, everybody. My name is Mark. My name is Jessica. And we're here with Phil today. Hey, everybody. Phil Eubank. He's back. What? Uh, he's not back. You're back. about myself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's back. That was, the, that was from the studio audience. I know, yeah. <laughs> Someone yelled that out. He's back. He's back. We missed you so much, Mark. Mark yeah. is the best. Y'all did a great job last weekend, though. Thank and you, Megan. Thank you. Shout out to Megan. Shout out to Megan. She's, She's great. great. How was your trip? It was really relaxing. Really fun. Uh, I went to visit some friends and family in Hawaii, so always a good time there, doing a lot of nothing, and then just like trying to be in the water as much mm. as possible, snorkeling, surfing, all that. Did eating. you do any new activities? We snorkeled with manta rays, Ooh. and I've never done that before. I didn't know manta rays could snorkel. <laughs> oh yeah. How else that would was you so say good. that? Uh, we were snorkeling uh, and manta rays were swimming by us. Oh, good. Thanks for clearing that up, <laughs> dude. You yep, know, yep, yep. it was a funny mental image for me. It I was, was like, oh, who knew? I wonder what their mask would look like. Uh, that's what I'm, that's like what I'm, that's side, that's what I'm saying. That's mouth. what I'm saying. Hey, AI. I'll, I'll have can AI you, drop yeah. an image for yeah, us yeah. later. That's good. <laughs> so that was really fun. Um, and had our friends took us to the airport and this could be one of the sponsors for today's podcast. Well, let's go Uber. Shout oh, no. out to, uh, Cam Donuts by the Home Depot near the airport in Honolulu. Oh, um, we're not going for the bay. These ube pancake or ube Ooh. donuts that were just like, oh. it wasn't like a donut. It was kind of like a donut shape, but just no hole in the middle. Wow. Yeah, they were so good. That sounds awesome. Next Ooh. time I go, I'll bring some. You didn't bring any back for us? We did, but this they all got eaten by now. Yeah. <laughs> just those mantas. Like, like, Should we bring plane? two dozen back? I was like, we're already exploding with all of our luggage. So Amazing. let's just bring like six and then see what happens. Oh my God. By the time we got back yeah. here, there were four. And then by the time we got home from the car ride, there was one. So. <laughs> <laughs> and let me guess. It was all Missy. Uh, and, uh, yeah. and her mom. That oh, okay. <laughs> That's great. Well, she deserves one she for does. picking you up for the yes. airport. Yes. Sounds like she had more than one, but... Yeah, I mean that whole family—they're just so good at serving, having a servant's heart, and that's yeah. kind of what we talked about. <gasps> Ooh, segue! Segue! That was incredible, ladies and gentlemen. That's what you miss when Mark Morinishi's in Hawaii. It is segue yeah. power. But speaking of serving, that is how we're serving the Bay around us, and just one of the core tenets here at Menlo. And um, that's when people would ask how work was when I'd visit, catch up with friends and family mm. um, there. I got to share a lot of the stories about what we're doing in our communities and how that's just a pillar of what we do. We're not trying to just be a megaphone shouting at people, but mm. we're actually trying to be in our communities around us. And so I'm really glad that we spent a whole weekend to kind of dial in on this and talk yeah. about the importance of it. And I really love how you kind of framed it, Phil. I thought that was, it was framed very well because I think you even mentioned in one of your prayers at the end of the sermon that it could sound like an advertisement right. when, when you're doing it, but it didn't as you were up there. So I really appreciate that about your message. Yeah. I mean, I think that the, the pitch for lots of us, if you've been a Christian for a long time of, uh, I mean, I, I'm, I don't want to do too much inside baseball. We're doing some strategic stuff this week. <laughs> and, uh, Basically, every church in America uh, has a 
uh, pathway that sometimes gets called an assimilation pathway, which sounds kind of like Star Trek. <laughs> um, but that, that's what it is. Like, how do you how do you help people get enfolded into community? Mm-hmm. And lots of churches have lots of different terms for it, but essentially, it's attend, connect, serve. Those mm-hmm. are kind of like we're we're trying to help people, and we're doing it because. Um, we believe it will actually help people, like even those who choose to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think that when you aren't thoughtful about it and it, it becomes entirely organizationally specific and you want it all just so that we can perpetuate this thing of doing church, it can become pretty insidious. And so I think my hope was by pointing at the component of who we are uh, as followers of Jesus and that he really epitomized servanthood, uh, that hopefully folks could see that you know, we talked a lot about serving at Menlo, and part of that, we can get into this, is the season that we're in as a church. Um, but I also think that hopefully you heard, whether it's partnerships through For the Bay initiatives around the Bay Area, uh, local nonprofits that we get a chance to serve, even something as basic as a Boy Scout when I was younger. And uh, there's, a, I think it's the Boy Scout motto. Uh, there's a bunch of words like that, but, uh, one of them is do a good turn daily, which is basically like, just Mm. do something nice every day. Mm. Uh, and it really kind of gets stuck in your head when you're in it for years. And so Mm. literally like every day I kind of have this thing in my head of like, what's something kind that I can do for someone else today. Mm. Uh, and I think as followers of Jesus, that's not like, I mean, I think as we mature, hopefully that goes from like a have to, to a get to like, Mm -hmm. oh, I, I get Mm. to be, um, I, I get to be this expression of the servanthood and love of Jesus in my neighborhood, at my job, um, in the communities that I, that I love work and play in. So uh, hopefully that, that came out this weekend. We started off this message by sharing some news and some updates about Saratoga, and none of that could be possible without people it pitching was. in yeah, and helping out because it was a whirlwind of was, the last couple of weeks. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it, uh, like the— the thing that w- there was two groups that I, uh, I honestly like, um, I might get a little emotional talking about. One was a group of our staff. We're, we were in the midst of a reorg that was going to reduce our central team size. I've kind of been talking about that basically since I got here, mm-hmm. even with our staff. Really difficult thing, but necessary. Um, and we had people who knew that. Uh, for the most part, they're probably they probably weren't going to be on our team uh, in in just a couple months, uh, and they just rolled up their sleeves and served the people of Menlo incredibly. Like it was it was unbelievable to walk through those spaces and just see some men and women that were investing <clears throat> so beyond themselves. <clears throat> excuse me, so beyond themselves. That uh, was really special. And then in the campus merger of San Jose and Saratoga, what was so fun, especially kind of the week leading up to the launch, was there was a handful of uh, families from San Jose that were literally showing up to Saratoga every day mm-hmm. of that week to serve and help prepare the wow. new Saratoga launch. Uh, and so you just kind of look at that and you're like, all right, Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for sending that caliber and quality of people to Menlo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, there was sort of a soft launch a few weeks before Easter. And then we put in a bunch of technology heading into Easter. And it has just been this really fun kind of ride of momentum for that team. Um, shout out to Josh and the staff team down there, mm-hmm. as well as obviously just an army of volunteers looking to love that neighborhood well and serve that community well and uh, a campus that I think is going to 
tell us a lot of cool things about the future for what we're going to do in lots of places around Menlo. Just we're kind of testing some theories. Um, but I kind of talked about, you know, we th those two campuses, San Jose and Saratoga, every human in the building, if you added them up on a good Sunday before, it was about 300 total. Um, and they, uh, they have had more than that number every weekend mm -hmm. since launch. Wow. Um, and I mean, I think on Easter, uh, all in, they were, uh, I want to say over 650 something. Like I mean, it was, wow. it was a crazy number. Cool. Uh, so that's been really fun to celebrate and we don't celebrate those numbers because bigger is always better. We represent those numbers because, uh, let's call it 600 people that's 600 individuals right and god mm -hmm. loves the individual mm -hmm. and uh we get a chance to love those uh hopefully that are maybe giving god one more shot and so uh shout out to the saratoga team doing that and hopefully going to help the rest of us uh learn to help people find and follow jesus more effectively in this season yeah mm -hmm. i was talking to juice who's the admin down there and she if you guys don't know she used to do students in menlo park and back in the day i mean she's been on staff for like 17 years or something menlo park students was like booming it was huge it was wild and she did middle school and it was like 200 kids every sunday and then she went to saratoga and it was like they'd get maybe five to seven and mm. so you know she kind of was like you know you get used to it your life your whole like church lifestyle kind of slows down and she's like and now it's like crazy again. She's like, obviously it's awesome, but I'm not used to all of these people again. Like I got out of that. So that's kind of cool that kind of, it's a totally different way to like, you have to think about leading and being mm -hmm. there and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's interesting because in Colorado, um, I felt like some of the, some of people's expectations to walk into large group spaces after COVID, it, it had just where we are right now in California, it feels like where we were in Colorado a year ago. Mm. And so that's a part of when you have a big gathering and you look around and you can see people who are saying, I mean, this happens to me every week where someone will say, this is my first time here in three years. Mm. Wow. This is my first time in a, in a large space like this mm -hmm. with lots of people. Mm -hmm. And so you'll see people that are kind of on the outside and they're watching a screen and that's their first step back like they're not ready yet to be in that room or they're in the room but sort of themselves socially distancing wearing a mask and uh, i think part of pastoring people in this time is not assuming where people are in their comfort level to re-engage but hopefully giving people options and so some of you you exclusively experience menlo still online and we're so thankful that online option exists we'd love for it to be supplemental uh, to in-person experiences for you eventually. Uh, but I think we just trust that the Holy Spirit is doing work in you mm -hmm. and that when you're ready to take that step, our campuses will be ready for you to take it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I love that there is still a community feel to online as well. Mm -hmm. When you hop on church online, menlo.online.church in the morning or on YouTube, there's still familiar faces and familiar names there that are following up with each other and praying with each other. But yes, this is something that we want to be, like you said, supplemental. We want people to be able to experience a, a flourishing life in the communities around them. And for some people that can be, you know, that is a big step and a, a big reason why a lot of the online people are there is, you know, they're still kind of hesitant to join that large group gathering. But when you when you are, we we want to know about this. We For want sure. to be there and greet you. 
We want some of those familiar names and faces online to be there on campus with you. So please let us know when you're ready to take that step. You could text our team 650-600-0402 and just say, hey, I want to come to church this weekend. Mm. And either me or someone from the team would love to be there to greet you and answer your questions, make sure you feel comfortable and really try to make that step as easy for you to take as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to ask both of you this question. I might've asked this to you before, Jess, on something else, but I don't think I've asked you this, Phil. When was the first time that young Phil and young Jessica served in the church? What did talk about this years ago. For, I, not years ago. It could have been but, like yeah. a year ago or so. But do you remember, Jess, the first time you volunteered as not as a staff member, but just as Jess the volunteer? Do you have your answer already? I have to think about it. It's been. Yeah, I mean, I, I uh, I've been in church for a long time. My mom, uh, I'm the youngest of four, but my mom, she became a Christian in uh, kind of her young adult years. Uh, and so she invited all of us to go to church with her. None of my siblings did cause my dad didn't. And we had lots of stuff in our home. So, but I always, I always went, um, and pretty young. I felt like if the standard is perfect, I can't do it. The way that God loved me hmm. was to send his son on my behalf that I could place my trust in him and experience this abundant life now and eternal life waiting. What, whatever concept a six year old could understand of that I was in and, uh, felt called to ministry at eight which is insane to think about because I have an eight-year-old and I'm like, oh, I don't know. You know. <laughs> I'm like, I can't believe people didn't believe me. And I'm like, well, he wants to be a dinosaur someday. So, uh, uh, <laughs> me too, man. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, there were lots of times, whether it was just like a, a random greeting thing, but very, very young. Um, yeah, probably in that kind of eight to nine year old window, like was doing something to serve. And then, um, pretty quickly I was doing lots of different stuff as a volunteer. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, what's fun when you're young in church is that people are sort of, you know, the, the metaphor I've, uh, used before is like when, when you're really close with someone and you're in high school and they kind of flip you their keys mm. and they say, Hey, you can drive, you know, maybe they're with you, maybe they aren't, but they say, here, take the keys. And I think, um, when we pass off, not just responsibility, but authority, which is what it takes by the way. Uh, to, to really make a difference. You can't just have responsibility. You have to have authority. Uh, is it always felt like people flipped me their keys and way before I was ready for it, by the way, like, Hey, Phil, you're going to help lead worship this weekend. Here's the keys. Mm-hmm. You know, Hey, Phil, you're going to preach this weekend. Here's the keys. Um, hey, Phil, we're going to have you run this piece of technology. Here are the keys. Uh, and so I think there were plenty of bumps along the way. I did not do all of that perfectly. Um, but I, I just think people believing in you and trusting you and letting you serve others uh, was, was really, really special. So there were plenty of pretty annoying, hard, difficult jobs in the midst of that too. But, uh, yeah, I got lots of chances to serve when I was young. Cool. I feel like I probably, when I was in like middle or high school, I'm, I feel like I probably volunteered with like the little kids, Mm -hmm. but I don't specifically remember that. But the first one I do remember was when I was on our student leadership team in high school, my junior and senior year, you could um, you know, volunteer to help plan events, help shape the services, help with like the worship stuff, hmm, um, cool. all that kind of stuff. So that's one way that I like really got connected. And I mean, it's part of the reason I'm here, honestly, is like mm-hmm. having been in student leadership 
um, at my church growing up with, with students. I like just fell in love with working with students. My parents were student volunteers. My brother was a student volunteer. Mm -hmm. Like it was like in our blood. Um, and then I came to Menlo and volunteered with high school students and we started a student leadership team as well. And I just like had all these memories of actually giving, yeah, getting the keys and like giving the, the responsibility to help plan events and, mm -hmm. and, um, all that kind of stuff. And that's actually how I got on staff too. Cause I was volunteering with the high school and I was helping plan events and all that stuff. And they were mm -hmm. like, we actually need someone on staff to help do that. And hmm. that was my entryway. Yeah. So Phil, what, what do you think it is? Hold about... on, hold on, hold on. When, yeah, you got to answer was, that. When too. was your first time, Mark? <laughs> Come on. You guys see how Mark does that? He's like always, yeah. he's like bobbing and weaving. He's the Segway guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't start serving until probably college or, okay. or past that. Uh, I grew up in the church similarly. Uh, my mom was a children's minister at the little Japanese church that I grew up in. And so I spent, I, I have early memories of me playing backyard baseball on the computer in like the office <laughs> during Amazing. summers because my mom would just take me to work yep. with her. Um, and I'm sure I, I would help out around yeah. the church just because that's kind of the person that I, I always was, but I don't, I didn't have like a, a full on volunteer role until actually Japan. Now that I'm thinking about it, mm. it was, yeah, I remember going to, I was attending this church there and it was right before Christmas and they were getting the sanctuary ready for like the big Christmas thing that we were doing. And I stopped by late, really late the Sunday or like the week before on my way home from work because it was on my walk and I saw that the lights were on and they were just like setting up stuff. And so I asked how I could help. Mm. And then they had me like take tape off the stage of like the markers from like old stuff. <laughs> and then from then on, I was on the, they called it, I think it was some part of the production team. Mm. And my job from then on was to make the sure the stage was clean. And wow. that was my role. Look at that. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Similarly, my mom worked at our church growing up. So mm -hmm. it was the same thing where it's like, I'm sure I helped out in a lot of areas just because I was there all the time. Mm -hmm. But I didn't have an actual volunteer role for a bit, playing yeah. games in their offices and yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, what what do you think it is about serving that gives back? Because when you run this through the context of I'm giving time, I'm giving my effort, I'm giving this. Why would someone that's eight years old continue to follow that? Mm. Similar to to you, Jess, you started when you were very young. Me, kind of, but when when I run it through a lens of if I take the Christianity part out of it and it's just a purely transactional thing where I'm giving a part for nothing, why, why do you think people are so compelled to continue to do that? Well, I think um, my take on this is a little bit nonconformist, which is probably not a surprise to many people at this oh. point, but um, I think every role is a volunteer role. Uh, sometimes I'll say this to our staff teams. Um, everyone at Menlo is a volunteer. Anybody can choose to not work here. Some of us get mm. paychecks, but we're all volunteers. We're all volunteering our time. We're choosing uh, to come to work. We're choosing to roll up our sleeves and do something. And so I would say if you work at Google, if you work at Meta, if you work at Stanford, if you're doing a startup, you're a volunteer also. Like you can choose tomorrow to stop doing what you're doing. So is it true mm. that what we're talking about when we serve for no financial compensation, it's different? Of course. Uh, but I think this this internal disconnect between what I choose to do and what I don't choose to that's just not a 
that's not real. Like we're choosing to do all of it. So then I think it becomes, well, what's the return on my investment? Well, if you have a job in the worst case scenario, you're basically doing that job for a paycheck. And so you're, you're going, I don't really believe in something bigger than this. I'm just kind of doing it. There's some drudgery. We've probably all had a job like that where you're looking at the time and you're like, it's three o'clock. Oh my goodness. How am I going to make it two more hours? You know, we've, we've all experienced some version of that probably somewhere along the way. And then we've all had jobs where we really believe in what we're doing. That's bigger than us and go, wow. You know, all of a sudden the clock is hitting five and you're, you're still just kind of in the flow of whatever you're doing. So I guess my hope would be uh, then when we do things and we understand our role as a servant, um, that we would go, there's this bigger mission, you know? And when mm-hmm. you, when you think about that at Menlo, you know, we go, Oh, there's, there's people that are finding and following Jesus. There's people that are discovering hope in a moment where people are feeling so much isolation, so much loneliness, so much hopelessness. Uh, you can be just one more reason for them to, honestly, keep going. Uh, one more reason to believe that maybe what they've heard about church or faith or Christians maybe isn't true and that there's something worthwhile investigating. Uh, and then I think that my hope would be that as we become uh, followers of Jesus that are serving more and more in our daily life, just as a part of who we are, that that helps us uh, at our job, that helps us in our families, that helps us within our neighborhoods to say, uh, me serving that's not just like what I do at Menlo. That's who I am everywhere. And so the way that I serve within a community at Menlo uh, becomes really character forming uh, for the way that I think about serve and show up everywhere else. But uh, I think, again, that idea of why would I, why would I volunteer my time? I think it's like a, just an important distinction in my own head to realize every area of my life I'm volunteering. I'm volunteering to show up as a parent, as a husband, uh, as an employee. Um, I could choose to not do that. And so, and I, I get to choose how I do that. Uh, and so, yeah, I hope that folks will, will bring the same level of scrutiny to the way they show up and serve everywhere that we're thinking about and talking about in the Menlo right now. Mm-hmm. How can someone adopt the identity of a servant? Well, I, I think that right now there is such a strong, I wouldn't even say underlying, such a strong cultural overtone of entitlement. And so Hmm. the expectation of, uh, I, I am owed this. I deserve this. Uh, I I use the text this weekend where Jesus says, even the son of man did not come to be Hmm. served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And I think, when we have patterns where we expect other people to do things for us, uh, those are those are insidious. Those are really toxic to our souls. And so for some of you, it's probably pretty easy to think about being a servant because your life is characterized by that. Uh, I think if you have people in your life that their default posture is to serve you, uh, I think that those are invitations to think, well, how do you how do you reciprocate? How do you serve back? Mm-hmm. And then how do you reject entitlement culture? And so, 
Uh, this is a big deal for me because in church world, it kind of gets sideways sometimes. It's this thing called honor culture, where usually it is only up. It's up to a senior leader, and there's special perks and privileges. And so, hey, you know, nobody else gets this but you do. Nobody else, um, everybody else has to do this thing, this task, this accountability metric, but you don't have to do that. And so um, I think for me, I've pushed pretty hard throughout my ministry life that when it's like, oh, here's a, a special perk that you get to say, no, no, I don't. Like, I get the same thing that the rest of the team does, and the expectations of the rest of the team are the same expectations for me. Um, and and so I think my job might be different, but that's a part of it. And if you're a, a supervisor, you lead a department or a division, um, my encouragement would be just look for, even if you can't do everything all the time, look for opportunities of symbolic leadership where you can serve other people. Get somebody that gift card, write somebody a thoughtful note. Uh, if you walk in and something's not done that you expect it to be done and it's a small, simple task, just do the task. Like, uh, what are those ways that you can practically actively serve? Uh, I think I get lots of practice with this with our kids uh, because to them, I'm just dad, you know? And so if they've left something somewhere, they need help with something, they, you know, skin their knee, whatever. Uh, I can just show up, be present, and serve. And I, and I think for all of us, we probably have ways, if we think about it, where if we if the paradigm is, am I being served or am I serving, uh, we probably have lots of examples where we can go, this is what it looks like when I'm frustrated because people aren't doing what I want and serving me. And here are some examples about how I can serve others. And if we're all, I mean, uh, in the book of Ephesians, Paul says we should be uh, outdoing one another by showing honor. And I think mm -hmm. that's this... Uh, I've heard it described as the submission competition, that we're like all serving one another so well uh, that everybody within the body of Christ goes, man, this is an amazing community to be a part of. And then we get back to the passage we looked at this weekend where Jesus says, the watching world will know that we are followers of Jesus by the way that we love one another. And so uh, I think that, yeah, that that's an important distinction in our moment. Mm -hmm. I love the idea of like thinking of people like trying to one-up each other with serving. Right, right. Like, if you're like, I don't really know what it looks like to serve people, but I have people in my life who serve me well. Mm -hmm. So then it's just kind of like, yeah, just imitate what they do. If they, you know, show up for you, if they bring you coffee, whatever. And then it's like, all right, you brought me coffee. I'm going to bring you coffee and a bagel. And then just like, that's your challenge this week, everybody. Try to one up <laughs> each other in serving. <laughs> Better than trying to one up each other on social media or in yeah, any other exactly. yeah, silly, meaningless pursuit. You know? Definitely. Yep. So Phil, what, what else did you want to say that you couldn't, did, if you had more time, what would you have unpacked further? Yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, the, the things that, uh, we're doing right now are kind of all connected, right? So when we talk about merging two campuses or reorg or kind of navigating the waters of Menlo today, uh, it's all within the context of where we are. So, uh, three years into kind of COVID reality, I, I think that we've talked about this briefly before, um, sort of anybody that was on the periphery of church culture, not just Menlo, but just church culture, who anybody that was probably referred to as like a cultural Christian before, they've kind of just burned off. Like they're not coming back to church. Mm -hmm. they're, maybe they're engaging online. Maybe you're listening to this. I hope you are, and I hope you do choose to re-engage. But what we're seeing by and large in our uh, physical gatherings, in-person gatherings, is that the core that was there before, 
their lives have gotten busier that really where maybe their regular commitment to in-person gatherings or to serving, uh, there's just more stuff in their life. They're, they're living a life with um, more potential other options. And so uh, we have the same in-person needs as we grow numerically. I think our year-over-year in-person rate right now is like a 40% growth from a year ago, uh, which is awesome. Wow. Uh, but our our uh, serving volunteers mm. are not up 40%. And so what that means is we're asking a smaller group of people serving to do more and more work. And mm. uh, so there is a part of this that is like a, we really genuinely want this for you, not mm. just from you. And uh, we want to be able to recognize that as Menlo's in-person uh, experiences continue to grow, we also need you uh, to do more than just show up. Like we need you to serve. We need you to get involved. And so all of our campuses at this point have multiple weekend experiences. And so that means maybe you show up heck even once a month where you show up where that one time a month you go I'm going to experience a service one that one of these services and I'm going to serve mm-hmm. in one of these services the the kind of church language sit one serve one um but I would just encourage you what are those opportunities to serve that you're passionate and excited about and can do as a way of training and modeling for yourself how you can be a servant at home in your workplace, in your neighborhood, even when we, th- when we start to talk about for the bait initiatives. Um, but I just think it's really, really important uh, that we sort of earn the right to serve our communities well when the in-person gatherings that Menlo Church does are life-giving and hopeful and are welcoming, not just by staff members who are kind of professional Christians, quote unquote, uh, but by you, by folks that call Menlo home mm-hmm. and choose to serve simply because what you've experienced in Jesus, you want other people to as well. You mentioned there like might be a website where people oh, could yeah. like see all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Is that true? Yep. If you go to menlo.church <laughs> forward slash volunteer, uh, you'll be able to see a whole bunch of different categories where you can learn more. And I would just go, hey, where, where am I interested? What do I want to do? And then there's some next steps and and contact opportunities for each one of those. Uh, and it's fun. It's I mean, some of you, the only way you think about serving in church is kids ministry, and that's mm-hmm. why you've never done it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you're like, I'd love to be able to. There's a person that I would never thought this, and I was meeting them new, near to Menlo, and they're like, I just really love doing like setup facilities kind of stuff. Like oh I'd gosh. love to. And I was like, uh, yeah, that sounds awesome. We have like, a job for you. We would love your help. And so, uh, yeah, there's, there's kind of a spot for everybody. And that's one of the fun things about a multi-site church is there really are, mm-hmm. uh, sort of countless opportunities to get mm-hmm. involved. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's things from like standing behind a camera and like running, you know, right. making sure Phil mm-hmm. looks great on sure, camera. Sure. Um, That's the toughest job. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, we've got things like running sl- lyrics, like for slides, mm-hmm. you know, passing out bulletins, mm-hmm. uh, making sure in between services for the campuses that have two services, like making sure, uh, you know, the room is cleared and there's no like people leave coffee cups and stuff and just help it like simple stuff like that. There's a lot of I think you're right. I was going to say that, too. Of, a lot of people think it's like kids or student ministries where you're in this lifetime commitment, but there's so many mm-hmm. little things that we really need your help with. And I, and I think my hope is that 
all these opportunities to serve at Menlo are sort of precursors, right? Like Mm -hmm. a weekend serving opportunity doesn't mean that's all God can do with you. Mm -hmm. It's just this opportunity to say, I'm just going to roll up my sleeves and get involved. I've heard it said before that your secondary calling is where you're needed. Your primary calling is where you're uh, gifted. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think I've interacted with two people in the last week. One is a startup kind of founder type and one works at Google in pretty significant role. Uh, talking about forming a team of folks that call Menlo home to develop custom, um, custom tailored chatbots for specific features within the church, and like they're that's a volunteer conversation. Yeah. Those are volunteer mm-hmm. teams, mm-hmm. and so if you go, well, I'm really passionate about something and I don't see it, like cool, raise your hand, let us know what it is, yeah. and if it mm-hmm. lines up to the mission of helping people find and follow Jesus, we're gonna we're gonna mm-hmm. talk about what it can look like for you to serve in that capacity. So, um, you know, all these things that we've talked about on the weekend are pretty easy kind of tip of the tongue as we've experienced this growth uh, need to have. There's gaps we need your help covering, um, but don't think of that as the ceiling uh, for what your service and opportunity to show your gifts off at Menlo could look like. Think about that as the floor. That's just the the front door, if you will. Mm. So good. Yeah, and I, that just reinforces how important it is to carry on the stuff that we're trying to learn and instill on one hour on Sunday mm-hmm. into the rest of that Sunday, mm-hmm. into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and back again. And so I'm, I'm really excited about this season, Phil. I'm really excited about um, just the, the potential partnerships that are, that are going to be formed through this. And again, go to menlo.church slash sir. Let us know. Volunteer. Yes. Volunteer. It might be both actually. It's probably both. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. Anything else? Anything? Any pardon? Parting thoughts? Pardon thoughts. Uh, this weekend, Donovan yes. from San Mateo yes. is going to speak. Uh, he's going to be talking about how being for the Bay means that we actually use words to describe the gospel. Um, Interesting. That uh, I think you know, there's a line that has sort of permeated Christian culture, and I would say sort of the respectable versions of Christianity, which. If we're not careful, we can become so respectable that our Christianity really just means that we're nice people. Hmm. Um, and so uh, there's, a, there's a line, preach the gospel always and when necessary, use words. And I would say uh, the way I would maybe edit that is preach the gospel always and it will eventually be necessary yeah. to use words, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to see you and be like, man, you are so nice to your neighbor. You know what I bet that means? I bet that the God of the universe loves me so much that to address <laughs> my sin, he sent his only son to die in my place to come back from the dead. I mean, hey, the you spirit know, like, can do anything. Sure, sure. But I, I think, uh, yeah. what is the content of how we do yeah. that? And That's great. not to be weird, not to be awkward, and uh, Donovan is just so sharp, such mm-hmm. a good communicator. I'm so um, we're actually going to get to hear uh, sort of a, a run through of his talk this week, kind of heading into the weekend. Uh, but it's been fun to kind of work with him on that. Uh, and then I'm going to be hanging out uh, at a couple campuses this weekend. So cool. I'm not, you know, to keep that on the down low, which campuses I'll be at, but uh, I'd love to, to meet you face to face if you're mm-hmm. at a campus other than Menlo Park. Um, and uh, I think that, yeah, m- my hope would be we would all just in the core of who we are, get a sense that God has uniquely equipped you and called you and placed you 
you are where you are doing what you are doing on purpose mm. and choosing to really be for the bay by loving people who are not like you, by serving because you're a servant, not because you're supposed to serve. It will set the table for you to be able to tell people, as the Apostle Peter talks about, the reason for the hope that is in you, which is the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm excited to see what the Lord does. And then after this series, is there anything big happening in the beginning of May that you want to talk <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah, May 7th, <laughs> uh, we are doing Baptism Weekend. Woo! And so uh, a chance for um, for adults or for, for folks who have, you know, we, we express baptism two ways at Menlo. Uh, one in this kind of... Um, uh, very Presbyterian expression of baptism for uh, babies, and it's it's really showing this uh, agency of God, His initiating work in the life of a person to know Jesus. And so it's this uh, kind of beautiful picture of like even before this child can make a decision on their own, God is already actually actively working uh, to pursue them, and has been throughout all of eternity. Hmm. Uh, and then the ones that we'll do May 7th are for folks that say, uh, I've never been baptized before, I've made a decision to follow Jesus, and I want to communicate that publicly. This mm -hmm. is this, you know, you've heard the line before, this kind of outward sign of inward change. And I think there's more to it than that, but it can also be that. And so we'll get some folks at all of our campuses who will choose to go public with their faith, um, and we'll talk about baptism uh, that weekend and really, uh, you know, what this faith of pursuing Jesus is all about and what baptism signifies mm -hmm. in our life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can go to menlo.church slash baptisms, and um, there's a nice little video there that talks a little bit about what baptism, baptism is, um, and then all the ways that you can sign up and learn more about that. And this isn't just reserved for those that worship with us in person. You can do this if you've been online with us. That's one of my highlights from last year is being able to walk alongside people that were not in person um, and actually meet them at a campus and baptize um, and so that was really fun. Yeah. Big highlight from last ministry year. So, uh, yeah, as you're going out through this week, think about how you could serve those around you. Uh, Phil, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Have a great week, everyone. And we'll see you this weekend. Get ready for Donovan's messages. Woo. It's going to be awesome. See ya. Bye.